Got a message for you today? Got a message for you today? And I believe it's a good one. You know, I get a lot of phone calls. I get a lot of phone calls. I get a lot of uh, emails. I, I get a lot of text. I get a lot of text messages. I get a lot of text messages. No, this isn't about anybody that's here. I get. I know I text you a lot. No, I get uh, people calling me. They've they've watched our healing journeys now video from Colorado. Now they're finding out that we're local. Now they're reaching out. And uh, I, I, I never thought I would, I want to be an evangelist. I thought I was going to be an evangelist. I didn't think I had what it took to be a pastor. And what it takes to be a pastor is to have a pastor's heart. And every single one of these people who reach out to me, I love them so much. I do want to help them. I do want to help them. There's so much frustration because they're doing everything. They're doing everything that they're here to do. Stand. Stand. Authority. You know. And, and still, they still have ALS. They still have autism. They still have the cancer. You know what? And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, why? 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 I look at my own life. Well, there's some things uh, I want to go right now, and I'm like, what? why? 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 I know I believe. I know I have faith. I know what the Word says. I know what the Word says. I remember there was a time. It wasn't when I was born again. It was when I was born again, born again. And like, I, and, and I don't mean you could become born again twice. It, it just means I was born again to a new revelation. I was born again to a loom, new illumination. I was born again to the, to the, to the new grace, uh, the true grace message. I was born again to he became a curse to redeem us from the curse of the law of sin and of death. For cursed is any man that hangs upon a tree. And that means only one thing. The curses in the law, uh, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, he redeemed me from all of them. And I, I, I got born again, born again to my new and better covenant. And I never forget. I never forget. I was being healed like popcorn. Like popcorn. One after another. There wasn't a year that went by that I didn't have a half a dozen episodes with diverticulitis. Wasn't a year that went by that I didn't have a half a dozen episodes of, of diverticulitis. And I don't know if you know what diverticulitis is, but it's painful. It's painful. And uh, I would have to get, you know, the most um, powerful antibiotics you could to, to take care of it because the, the simple antibiotics they would start me with did not work. 
There were times when I had to get admitted into the hospital for intravenous um, antibiotics. And uh, it, it was painful, very painful. I never forget one day I was in the hospital because the pain was so bad. And, and it was, this was the first time that they were going to admit me and give me, you know, intravenous antibiotics. And I'm like, no, take them out. Pull it out. Not because I was a man of faith. Because my son had a basketball game that night. <laughs> and I couldn't miss it. It's when he was in the uh, eighth grade. I don't know if he remembers this. He was playing in another school. And they had a guy that was on their team that was six foot six inches tall. And he, he made it, you know, he got a Division I basketball scholarship. He, uh, he made it to the European pro professional basketball. He was, he, was, he was pretty good. And I wasn't going to miss that game. I was not going to let my son down. I wasn't going to disappoint him. So I said, pull them out now. Mr. Roll, this is not going to go away. Pull, I promise I'll come back. As soon as the game is over, I'll come back. And I did. I went back. But uh, it was a great game, too. We lost 59, uh, 51 to 49 or something. I don't know. We, it was a very close game. But... We were, it was like David and Goliath, you know, but, but it was gone. It was gone. And I remember, uh, I went 10 years, 10 years, Tristan nasal spray, you know, 12 hours, right? Once in the morning, once at night. No, 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 no. Six, six, 10, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 times a day. Get up during the night. Keep going. Keep going. I had one in my, 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 and one in my car glove compartment. I had two, three spares in the bathroom medicine, medicine cabinet. I had a boat at the time. I had one at the boat. You know, I always carried one in my pocket. I did not want to run out, you know. And uh, a lot of people say it was, what's the word called? Um, back or whatever, uh, rebound or whatever. It doesn't matter. But for 10 years, I was hooked. Then all of a sudden, I got born again, born again, and I, I never forget. I was, I, was, I was reaching up to the cabinet to get it, to go to bed, and Holy Spirit said, what are you, what are you doing? You don't need that. I'm like, oh, okay. And I started walking in, in, in healing. You know, my neck, I couldn't, I was, uh, I had surgery on my neck, and I couldn't turn it. And, you know, I was in church one, one morning, and sure enough, I heard a noise off to the right, and I turned my head, and I'm like, whoa. Oh, I was like a baby. It was like I was a baby, you know, born again, born again, born again, right? Born of God, born of spirit, born again. Now, born to this new truth. I didn't know any better. Do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't know. Well, you need to stand. Title of my message is a little child. A little child. We all want to experience kingdom living. We all want to experience the kingdom of God. We all want to be governed by the kingdom laws and kingdom principles. Kingdom life. Life more abundantly. We all want to walk in the supernatural. Dan, I remember. I was actually praying for people. And they were being healed. Yeah. I prayed for this little baby girl's eye. She had one regular eye. And one eye that was completely white. She didn't have pupil, iris. She didn't have any of that. And I asked her grandmother, can I pray for her? She said, yes, please do. And I put my hand and I prayed. And I believed. I believed. Now, I, I walked away. You know, I came back a month later. She had two normal eyes. Doctor says he has no explanation for it. 
there was another little little baby that was, oh, I don't know, a month or less maybe, and was scheduled to go in for heart surgery. I asked the mom, can I pray for him? She said, yes, pray for him. The baby didn't need the operation. I prayed for another, another girl's knee. She was in a cast from here down to the floor. She tore her ACL, her MCL, her meniscus. Her basketball career was over. She was scheduled for surgery. So I asked her mom, can I pray for her? And her mom said, yes. So I got down there and I prayed for that knee. And I left. I came back a month later because it was a regular customer, customer's pest control business. And the mom wasn't there and the daughter wasn't there, but the brother was there. And uh, he's just sitting there. He's waiting for me to ask. So finally I said, hey, how's your sister? He goes, you don't know, do you? I said, no, what? I said, you prayed for her on a Saturday? On Thursday, she played basketball. Wow. Healed. She needed no surgery. How do you go from, from torn meniscus, toward ACL, toward MCL, toward meniscus, right, you know? I didn't know any better. <laughs> I didn't sit under hours and hours and hours and hours of teaching about healing. I just had a new and explosive love back to, to God because I realized his love for me in this new covenant. I was just, you know... You know how they talk about new Christians? Oh, he's just a new Christian. You know, he'll mature. He'll mature one day. You know, they pray. You know what? The new Christian don't know any better. You know, they're like a child. They pray for dogs. Amen. Right? And they pray for cats. And the dog gets better. The cat gets better. They don't know any better. One day they're going to know. What do you mean one day I'm going to know? They're going to know better. Oh, one day they're going to mature. Mature. They're going to mature. You know how you mature in the kingdom of God? You become a little child. Become a little child. We've all heard, you must use your authority. You must make a stand. You stand in your authority. You must stand in the, on the word. Then stand some more. Oh, this one, listen. I, I really don't know how to do this one. But you've heard, I know you've heard, you know, since the days of John, many have, try, many have tried to take the kingdom of God by, by force, you know. But the violent take it by force. And so we've heard this one. You have to take it by force. Have you heard that? How do you do that? Will you show me how to do that? There's nobody I can hit. There's nobody I can punch. There's nobody I can, I can shoot. No, how do I take it by force? Show me how to do that. Show me what that looks like. Is it a position? Is it a stand? Is it, you know, because I know a lot of people that, you know, yeah, we're standing. We, 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 how do you stand? We don't have to stand anymore than we're standing, you know. So they all come, it all comes with the big question, how? What does it look like? How does, that, how does it look like? Sounds really good, doesn't it? I got healed because I took a stand. I got healed because I used my authority. I got, I got healed because, because I, I took it. I was violent and I took it. <clears throat> <clears throat> How do you do it? 
Does anybody know? Tell me. You know? So I, I was thinking about this because I got off the phone with somebody. I went into prayer. And the Lord asked, he asked me, he left. When's the last time you heard somebody pray, somebody teach on faith? The faith of a little child. And I'd say, Lord, I haven't prayed, I haven't preached a message about faith of a little child. I can't say that I have. I can't remember when I've heard it last. I can't remember. So we're going to look at, we're going to look at becoming a little child. And if you, don't know what, if you don't know what becoming a little child looks like, then find yourself a little child and look at that little child. Right? Yeah. Find yourself a little child and watch that little child. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6, it says this, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say to you, except you be converted and become as a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as a little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea, except you be converted and become as little children. Jesus left it there. He didn't say become converted, become a little child, and then grow into a man. In the Passion Translation, it reads a little differently. It says, at that time, the disciples came to ask Jesus, who is considered to be the greatest in heaven's kingdom realm? Jesus called the little one to his side and said to them, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable, and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the whole-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoever continually humbles himself to become like this gentle little child is the greatest one in heaven's kingdom realm. And if you tenderly care for this little one on my behalf, you are tenderly caring for me. But if anyone abuses one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for him to have a heavy boulder tied around his neck and be hurled into the deepest sea than to face the punishment he deserves. Wow. Luke chapter 18, verse 15 and 17. The people brought their babies and small children to Jesus so that he might lay his hands on them to bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents and told them to stop troubling the master. As long as you guys, some of you guys have known me for quite a while, I'll never discourage little children from being in my service. Mm -hmm. Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. For such is the kingdom of, never. And I've always held that, that position. But Jesus called for the parents, he called for the children, and he called for his disciples to come and listen to him. And then he told them this, Never hinder a child from coming to me. Let them all come. For God's kingdom realm belongs to them. 
as much as anyone else. They demonstrate to you, they demonstrate to you what faith is all about. Learn this well. Unless you receive the revelation of the kingdom realm the same way a little child receives it, you will never be able to enter into the kingdom realm. You know, a little child. My wife was telling me that she goes back and forth with my, my daughter Allison about uh, our new grandbaby boy. And they're learning about different stages. And I guess the first stage from zero to six months, that's the stage where that newborn doesn't know it's different from the mother or separate from the mother. That newborn believes that it and the mother are one. And this is why, you know, the mother tries to give that little baby to someone else to hold, even sometimes the father. And that child oftentimes cries, you know, even if it's the mother, the, the child's mother's mother, you know, who's just like her. They just, nope, I got to take her. I got, I, I, you know what, I've been in lots of situations where someone has wanted to hold a little child and that little child, little child would then cry and then would fuss and whatever. And then uh, they would have to give it back to the mother. And I, I didn't realize that, that um, there's that tremendous bonding and at that time especially at that time from zero to six they can't comprehend anything else besides oneness with the mother you know what when you become a little child you get to the point where you can't comprehend anything else except oneness with the father oneness with the father oneness with the father you know But then as they get older, unfortunately, <laughs> they often find themselves, you know, apart from their mother, apart from that, that first love, sort of say. You know, and uh, they learn other behaviors. And they learn other habits. And they begin to change. And not only that, They begin to be ex exposed to other mindsets and belief systems and thinkings and understandings. And it's all bringing them to a particular development that's so far away from the childlike. You know, and uh, I, I remember one day we were driving home from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was late at night. And me and Lori were in the fr front seat. Brandon, Stephen, and Jessica. Oh, no. <laughs> Brandon, Stephen, and Allison were in the back seat. And uh, I don't know if you know anything about Route 80 between, between Pittsburgh and, you know, um, um, Stra uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. But there's mountains. And so all of a sudden, we're driving, and I am caught in a whiteout. It's, uh, I was, like, grabbing and holding that wheel my knuckles were white. I was, I, it was no, nowhere I could, nothing I could do. I couldn't turn old. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't get off an exit because I didn't know where the next exit was. And it was bad. I slowed it down to as slow as I can go. It was just about a crawl. 
And, you know, Lori put her, put her hand on my leg like, you know, all right, just, just relax, relax. We got this. We'll pray, you know. And uh, I looked in the mirror, and guess what? All three of my children, they were all sleeping. They were all sleeping. They were all resting. They were all at peace. Tom was a little child, right? Tom was a little child. I remember, I don't know the reason, but I was driving home from Charlotte, North Carolina. For some reason, Lori visited her mom and decided uh, to let her mom keep Allison for another day or two. And she knew that I was in Pensacola, Florida, doing some, um, doing some speaking. And I would come up through Charlotte, and I would take Allison, and I would bring her home with me. And that was a wonderful day. I bet Allison doesn't remember it. But she's about two, two and a half years of age, and she wouldn't stop talking. Talking, 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 talking. But it was precious. It was really precious because I, you know, I'd have to answer her and whatnot. But she's in that backseat of the car. She has no idea how much traffic there is. She has no idea how long it's taken us. She has no idea we might never get up. She has no idea of anything. She was just, just in the presence with Daddy, you know, enjoying the ride at peace. You know, this is amazing. And, you know, we have children. And, and you know what? I wasn't, the, I wasn't the, the, the best of fathers. I tried, I tried my best. I wish I would have known grace back then. But, you know, but I always tried to be there for my kids. We always tried to be there for, my, for our kids. I, I don't think I ever missed a basketball game or a track meet or a football game. Or, you know, and I tried to be there for them in other ways. Not reading, writing, and arithmetic because that wasn't my best, uh, my best asset. <laughs> There were things I, you know, there were, there were things I might have missed. There were, there were some things I might have failed at. You know, and, uh, you know, we've all heard about or we've all seen about the, on, on television, you know, the, the, the dad or the mom or someone, one of the parents makes a promise, I will be there. And then that, that, that child, that young child is waiting, is waiting, is waiting, and that child doesn't come up, does, the parent doesn't come, and... And then they explain, well, you know, daddy had to work, mommy had to work, and, you know, we have to buy this house, we have to pay for it. child doesn't understand that, you know. And, but I'm going to make the next one, and you know what happens again. And then sooner or later we see the movies, we see it, how, how a, a, a redemption has to take place or a healing has to take place because the child just is estranged from, from you know. And, and this, this, can ha- this happens in our life. We let other messages in. We let other th- mindsets in. We let other ways to think in, you know. Um, and it corrupts that childlike faith and childlike belief in God. In God. Now their soul that was set with oneness with their parent, now their soul is no longer set that way. And other sources are influencing their mind and influencing their decisions. But Jesus is saying we have to come, come as a little child, return to that childlike faith. And, you know, we have to understand things. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, he says, Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing 
and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. So Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 4, 29, and other versions you may have, he's talking about not letting any evil communications, not letting evil communications in or out, corrupt communications in or out. And I think it's, it's, it's very telling to why Paul used the words he's used as you look them up into the Greek, in the Greek. When he says, no, let no corrupt or, or, or polluting or foul language, whatever, communications, the word communications means logos. It's very simple. Logos. It just means words that are spoken. Words that are spoken and then words that are, are heard. So he's, he's saying, don't let them out of your mouth so they go into somebody else's ear. All right? Now, the word corrupt is very, is very um, amazing. It's an amazing word. Because the word corrupt means it's sapros, right? And it means, of course, corrupt, but it, rotten, rotten, primarily as it's related to vegetables or animal substances, all right? It's of... It expresses something that's poor quality, unfit for use, putrid, harmful. It's said of a tree and, it, and its fruit, okay? Now, it talks about it be building or be creating an inferior condition. Now, what's amazing about this word is, what's amazing about this word is, Why don't I have it? In other words, this word is talking about, you know, sometimes you eat a piece of chicken or steak and it looks good and it smells good, but it's been out too long and it's really, it's really putrid. And if you eat it, it has a certain bacteria to you, to it, its identity, that can become harmful to you. So what Paul is saying here is you got to be careful for this for this piece of meat or this piece of fruit that still looks good that still has its color that still smells inviting but when you eat it it's going to be loaded with a pathogenic bacteria and it's going to harm you and so you see we're a child and we have childlike faith and we have childlike belief because we know nothing we know nothing else we know nothing else we know nothing else and then at times we start learning other things we start start developing our own mindsets okay they could be good they could be bad all right but the thing is oftentimes they lead us away from the truth of God's word. Oftentimes, they lead us away from believing what God wants us to believe, what Jesus wants us to believe. I hope I'm making sense, but they lead us to believe and take us to the place where we say to ourselves, well, I don't believe that. Well, I don't see that. Well, that's, not, that's not what I believe, or that's not what I... Because... Because we've disassociated ourselves with the one, and now we've been learning from other avenues. 
And it starts out as when you're a child. It starts out when you're a child. Even things that you think are innocent. You know, I, I used to watch shows that I thought were innocent, like Laurel, like Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello. But Bud Abbott was always slapping Lou Costello, right? Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. Oliver was always slapping Stan. I mean, you know, there was always, there's always something going on, you know? They didn't have some of the things that they have now, you know? I, I never would have to worry about putting on a show and seeing two men married or two women married or whatever. I wouldn't have to see any of that. But now it's everywhere. Just, just, so just think about how this young child's mind has become polluted. Has become polluted. Everywhere you turn around. And every commercial, every other commercial you have on is about, this is coming. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to, and here, hey, this medicine, you know, this is going to take care. So we're always being programmed by the wrong tree. Not the tree of life. Not, not God. Not little children anymore. Now we've grown up. Now we're matured. We become that mature Christian. And then with the body of Christ, it's the same thing. You know, the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. I think we put people in the position. I just heard someone say the other day, why are there miracles in, in like Africa? And there's, no, there's not so many miracles here. Oh, the people in Africa, guess what? They don't have the Bible. They don't have Bible teachers, whatever. So... Right away, they hear Jesus loves you, Jesus saves, Jesus heals. That's what they're there for, they get healed. Here we know better. We know better. We know why. We know reasons, whatever. We've eaten off the wrong tree. We're not little children anymore. Yeah. No, then, we're, then we're told, I, I, I went from being an immature little child, Christian, being healed, praying for people, having them healed, to now I know. Now I know. And not seeing the miracles anymore. And now I learned about all those things. I learned about my authority. I learned about standing. I learned about taking it by force. I, I, I got educated. So, I don't know if this is making any sense, but... The Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lovingly showed me the other day that I have lived most of my life eating from the wrong tree. I've lived most of my life was living under the domin domination of my five senses. What I can see, what I can hear, what I can touch, what I can smell, what I can taste. That, was, that came to the point where it's dominated my life. I was eating to live from the wrong tree. You know, and at times I find myself still depending upon my five senses and eating from the wrong tree. Instead of trusting, depending, and looking to God for my every need. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. Now the Lord, he told me after that. He says, Len, if you want to become a mature Christian, don't memorize Psalm 91. It's a good psalm. 
I'm not saying don't memorize it. Just, just, just what he's telling me. You don't have to memorize Psalm 91. He's saying, Len, don't practice using your authority. Don't, don't try to take anything by force. I've already given you everything. He said, Len, I want you to become mature. I want you to become a mature child of God. I want you to become a mature Christian. And the way a mature Christian becomes mature is in growing into a little child. That's what he told me. He said, Len, return to being a little child. Return to the innocent oneness between you and me and the Father. Live in the faith of a child. Live in faith as a child. So, I want to leave you with that today. If you've been standing, if you've been commanding, if you've been trying to use your authority, if you've been trying to forcefully take something, stop. Go find yourself a a one-month-old baby, a two-month-old baby, a three-month-old baby, six-month-old baby. Look at that baby. See how how attached they are to their mother, their, their mother, right? Look at that little child, that little child. Now, I used to remember when I was a child, when, when I was, was in business and I would come home and I would have Brandon and Steven, they would be on the front porch. They would be on the front porch. They were, they were dressed up as, I don't know if Brandon remembers this, they were dressed up as superheroes. They were dressed up as superheroes. They, they had made a mask and, and they had towels on their, on their, around their neck and they came out, you know, and because dad was coming home and at that young age, at that age, you know, I guess their dad was a superhero to them, you know? And so I'm thinking about all these pictures, you know, and I pray to God, I said, Lord, I hope that I didn't cause them to have any, any blockages between you and them as their heavenly father. But I started remembering each of them, how they used to respond and how they used to trust and how they used to believe and how they used to know. They never, you know what? I don't believe that my, my daughter Allison, my son Stephen, or my son Brandon, when they were one and two and three and four and five, never ever worried about where their clothes were going to come from. Or never worried about if they were going to have a bed to, to, to lay their head down, a pillow to lay their head on at night. I don't believe they ever worried about if they were going to have food or not. Never had to worry about the power going out or bills being paid. Daddy and mommy took care of that. And see, this is what the Lord is telling me. Get to the point, Lynn, in your maturing as a believer. And that maturing is going to take place as you become a little child. And so I'm encouraging you and exhorting you. Go back to those scriptures. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. Look at what Jesus has to say about little children. You know? And say, Holy Spirit, help me become a little child. 
with childlike faith and childlike belief and childlike trust. Knowing that you love us so much and you care for us so much and you've already provided everything for us. So anyway, I hope, uh, hope this message made sense. Hope it makes sense to you. Hope it blesses you. And um, now we'll close in prayer.